everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome back to another Conversations with Sarah. It's been a while. It's been a crazy couple months. We got past Christmas. We got through the new year. And I can't believe we're in February already. So I'm glad to be back with you. I have amazing, amazing guests today, Dr. Tara Scott, who she's one of those people when she talks, you listen. She has so many great things to say. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But I just wanted to touch base with you and share kind of what's been going on. Um, Nothing crazy exciting or anything, but just uh, learning lots of new things. And I love when you guys uh, send me emails and kind of tell me about good things and stuff you've tried and we connect. Um, One of the things that I want to tell you about today, because it's kind of been actually the couple things I'm going to tell you about are been life-changing to me, but in different ways. <laughs> the first one is, I don't know how many of you like like bubbly drinks like LaCroix or carbonated drinks. And I'm not talking sodas because I don't drink soda, but um, just anything like that, like a LaCroix. Well, I used to be really, really, really into those, but I've been trying to stay away from aluminum cans um, and not drinking out of those, at least not very often. So as I moved away from those, I was like, okay, what am I going to drink now? And I was buying the, the glass bottles and those were expensive. So someone told me about the soda streams. Have you seen these in the store? I'm probably, this is probably like old news for a lot of people, but I, I guess the name was throwing me soda stream because I don't drink soda, but that's really not what it is unless you want it to be. It's basically just makes your carbonated water at home, and it's super simple. I love it. You basically, because I have have reverse osmosis water at home, so I take that, and then I just put it under the thing and pump it a couple times. It carbonates my water. I put fresh lime or fresh lemon in it, and it's amazing. I can't remember. I think it was like 60 bucks or something like that, and... I love it. I'm so glad. It's, it's actually to save me money in the long run from buying cans. And um, I don't drink out of the cans, FYI, as much just because um, I was reading some research on it. And as much as my family was drinking them, I thought, eh, let's go ahead and do something different and uh, use my reverse osmosis water. And now it's going to save money in the long run anyway. So I had to tell you about that. Again, probably old news for some of you. But then the other thing that I've been getting some messages about is, and I thought I'd just tell you one more time, um, because I think it warrants some warrants another one. It's been so life changing for me. Is the study that I've been doing on Genesis and Exodus? I'm actually doing a couple right now. I'm, I'm the kind of person where I start picking stuff up and then I pick this up. But Len and I, and even our general manager, have now started on this, and it's not a true study as you would think. Um, you know, where it comes with videos and a workbook and stuff like that. We've kind of just turned it into one. It's called The Rational Bible with Dennis Prager. And he's basically taking the first five books of the Bible, uh, the Old Testament, which is the Jewish version of the, of the Torah, which I've been really, really getting into lately. The the um, the original like Hebrew text, Greek text and everything. And I've told a couple people about it and they've started reading it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. It's basically a commentary of every verse. So that along with the soda stream and all of that good stuff, I've actually put in my Amazon store if you guys are interested. I'm also doing the trustworthy Bible study with Proverbs 31 Ministries. I'm new to this world too. Again, maybe some of you have heard about this where you do online studies. Proverbs 31 Ministries, amazing. If you ever want and need to connect and do something, I would highly suggest doing it. Really simple and easy to do. And um, I'm doing First and Second Kings right now, and I'm learning so much. So I'm, I've got this really, really big love for the Old Testament right now and diving in and learning more. And one of the reasons why is uh, 
probably like a year and a half ago, two years, I read The Rock, the Road, and the Rabbi by Kathleen Gifford and Rabbi Jason Sobel. So those who know me really well know that I love Rabbi Jason Sobel. He is a Messianic rabbi, which means he is Jewish, but he um, he believes Jesus is our Savior. And it's it's amazing, amazing, amazing to hear him break down the Jewish text of the Bible. And Kathy Lee Gifford, she's done a great job. She's been to Israel, which I didn't know, like a million times, and writes this book about her learnings from him. That book started my whole love for all of this stuff. So <laughs> Len and I have really gotten into it and exciting. I hope this happens. I hope it happens. But um, I reached out to Rabbi Sobel and it's looking like we might get him to do a podcast. Um, he wrote me back the other day. So hoping that can happen. He's so busy. He travels all the time. So look for that in the future. And those books, like I said, Soda Stream, all of those are in my Amazon store, which I just created because I I just wanted to share some of this stuff. I've learned so many different things from my friends and their recommendations. So I thought it might be helpful to do that for other people as well. And I always love hearing your tips. I've got books and inspiration, grocery, health and fitness, beauty, home, even my closet, the clothes that I've gotten on Amazon. So um but the books and inspiration, uh, what, what I really wanted to share today. And if you get them, let me know how you how you love them, because I really think you're just going to love them. So anyway, without further ado, getting on to our main topic today with Dr. Tara Scott. Um, I mentioned earlier, she's one of those kind of people when she talks, you listen, she just dropped so many truth bombs and like aha moments like wow as we were talking and she really does a great job online and social media with getting information out there that's so important for women when as it relates to functional medicine and hormones and just taking care of yourself in a variety of ways today we focus on stress and resilience she gives so much great information i know we all struggle with stress and anxiety and whether it be you know, just our everyday stress or really bad hardships that we're going through at the moment. Her advice can go to all of us in whatever situation you're in. So her website is revitalizemed.com. You can read all about her and her story there and her background. She actually was an OB doctor before she started in functional medicine. So she really knows women and knows our makeup and how we work (laughs) and how we tick (laughs) all too well. So without further ado, this is Dr. Tara Scott. Well, today we are here with Dr. Tara Scott. We are talking stress and resilience. Thank you so much for stopping by and spending time with me today. You're welcome. I'm so glad to have this opportunity. All of us are going to be blessed because, first of all, I have to tell everyone, I've been following Dr. Scott for a really long time. And she does these Insta stories and Instagram posts. And she, I'm a curious person, and she is so great at explaining things about the woman's body that we all go through, ladies, and making sense out of a lot of the stuff that goes wrong (laughs) that we all deal with from, you know, hormones to different periods to all of those different things. Um, Thank you for doing what you do, first of all. You're welcome. I'm so glad someone's actually reading them. (laughs) I watch all your stories, all of them. They're really great. And today we're going to focus on stress and resilience because I think everyone goes through a lot of stress and we all want to get better at managing that. But as a, a busy mom, as a woman, so many of us are juggling a lot of things. We go through a lot of trials. You know, we all have our hills and valleys. And I think that you'll have a lot of tools and life experiences to get us through some of that. But first of all, you're a functional medicine doctor. You have Revitalized Med in Akron. Yes. But you started out as an OB. So tell me a little bit about your story here and how you ended up in functional medicine. Yeah, so I was a very traditionally trained MD. One week after I graduated from high school, I went to college. Two years later, I finished college and went on to med school. So I did the fast track. 
So I was a doctor at 23. Wow. And um, I was called, I just felt, I, I felt more comfortable around women because I was so young. And so I just felt kind of intimidated by men. So I loved OB because I loved following a woman from teens through their whole life and having the daughters and been so fortunate that I've kids that I've delivered, I've, you know, then became patients and the moms and the grandmas. So through my own struggles with infertility, I sort of, oh, it opened my mind to, well, there seems like there should be more to do about these hormone imbalances. I was never able to conceive without drugs. Mm -hmm. So that led me to search for more answers and start thinking about what are our what are natural ways to treat hormones? So I started studying more about hormone therapy, and then it's classic: the more you study, the more you find out, the less you know, right? right. So I I mastered women's hormones, but maybe not thyroid, and maybe not stress, and maybe not gut, and all these other things. So it led me to do more and more coursework. I did a, a fellowship in the American Academy of Anti Aging Regenerative and Functional Medicine, which is a pretty rigorous course. You have to take a oral board exam, a written board exam. So I finished that in 2012. And then I grandfathered into a third board certification, which is integrative medicine, which is sort of a wider net. So Mm -hmm. functional medicine is more of an approach to the disease where if you come in with a complaint, I want to look to see why. Instead of saying, you're having a regular period, here, take the birth control pill. Even if you don't need birth control, Mm -hmm. this is going to fix the bleeding, but we don't know why you're bleeding. Mm -hmm. We don't know what is the issue that's causing the problem. Yes. So in functional medicine, that's the approach we do. Integrative medicine is a wider net that would allow you to do acupuncture, massage, and just have a more broad knowledge of Ayurvedic medicine, homeopathy. I'm not an expert in all those things, but I now know what else is available. So you have your kind of resources of who to refer to. So it's a so I also got a third board of, board certification in 2015 in integrative medicine. I am so glad you're you're actually the first person that I've asked that question to that has explained that simply. Okay. Cuz I get questions all the time, what's the difference between integrative and functional? And I always tell people, well, functional medicine is more for if you have a specific problem or a, a chronic disease or things that you go integrative is a much wider net. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap. And so functional medicine is more of an approach to a disease process Mm -hmm. where if you have a if you have a dead tree leaves, you're going to think, what's wrong with the roots? Is it the soil? Or is it this? You're going back. Or if, some, mm-hmm. if there's a lot of trash in the river, rather than just cleaning out the trash, go upstream and see who's dumping the trash. Yeah. You're looking for the cause. Yeah. Where integrative medicine does that, but it's also, we used to call it complementary or we used to call it alternative. But alternative gives the connotation that you're not doing what's traditionally accepted. And right. we don't want to give that that, that connotation because right. we never encourage you not to go to your doctor, not to get your traditional screening, yes. not to take your chemotherapy, not to do your traditional medicine. I always encourage people to do that. And then we're just coming alongside and partnering and saying, where traditional medicine leaves off and leaves you like, oh, I don't know, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get you better results. Yeah, that yeah. that's so perfect. I've, I since I've started this podcast, I've had lots of people email me. I've never heard about functional medicine before. I took my son because of this podcast, and now we're doing this or that. Or I took now I'm going. In your practice at Revitalize Med, what are some? Because you mainly work with women, right? Most mostly women, but we do have Doctor Sweetnich who sees the men as well. Okay, and we have a nurse practitioner as well. And so, depending, I, I think for me, just because that my history of being kind of yes. intimidated by men and being an OB, it seems weird for me to see men. So I don't personally, okay. but our practice does see men and Dr. Sweetnich sees, you know, young men, you know, teenagers and sometimes kids too. I don't, that's yeah. just my training, Yeah, but we work together. Um, and so I opened my practice in 2013 of note before the Cleveland Clinic opened their functional medicine center. You were the first. Was, I was the first. <laughs> I know. There's as much, much bigger, obviously. Um, so we do see mostly women, but you know, the average person in the family is a 47 year old woman who's seeking for these therapies, either for themselves, for their kids, for their husbands, for their parents. So they're the gateway to the family with really even traditional medicine. They're the person making the decisions. Yeah, that's why true. when hospitals market, they think we got to have a nice L and D because the women come in to have babies. And then that's how they decide which hospital their family's going to go to, right? Mm. Because of their birth experience, because men mm-hmm. are not really patients. Hopefully yeah. Yeah. we are, yeah. we have children. So we have that connection to the medical center. So, you know, that's where we, I started basically because of my background, and that is the gateway of the person who's traditionally seeking out these therapies. So that's who we see mainly. Yeah. 
And so much of functional medicine, it, it all goes back to what we're going to talk about today with stress, right? You talk about chronic illnesses and various things that can happen to a woman's body. Stress is such a big factor, right? I think we fail to emphasize in traditional medicine how important stress is and how much it accounts for 60% of medical issues today. And three out of four doctor's visits are for stress-related disorders, but Mm -hmm. we are not taught as traditional doctors how to address this combat that or solutions. I think things are better. Now, remind you, I went to medical school over 30 years ago. So I think things are changing, Mm -hmm. that the curriculums are getting that, you know, they're getting a little bit more nutrition, which we got none, getting maybe a little bit more about stress. They've cut the hours for residents. I mean, we worked over 100 hours. I mean, it was not uncommon for me to work 36 hours in a row with no sleep. And so now they're, they are physically not allowed to work more than 24 hours a row, in a row, and they have to have time off. So there are laws against it for residents now, which is great. Yes. You know, and so... It seems to be more conversation on the importance of sleep now than there yes. was even five years ago. Well, and I also think, and so you're a millennial, and I'm like Gen I'm, X. I'm or, barely a millennial. Yeah, okay. So there's millennial, and then what are our kids? Our kids are... I get... Is it Gen Y? Gen Z, maybe? or Maybe Gen Z. Okay. I keep getting it all confused. So I think your generation and younger, and certainly our kids, are more in tune. I think my generation older, we were weak if mm-hmm. we said we were stressed, mm-hmm. right? We were weak if we did self-care. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I trained out of 16 residents. There were two women. So if I even, I was threatened, don't have a baby when you're a resident, you know, by the male residents because wow. don't take time off, don't do this. And so, you, you know, being in a male-dominated profession, you're considered weak if you act stressed or whatever. So I think that that is changing for the better for our younger generation, that they're more in tune with you need some self-care, you need to take care of yourself. So it is changing, you're right. Yeah, and I think it's okay to not be okay now. Finally. And yeah, in the past, I think my mom's generation especially, I'm thinking like you, you couldn't say you didn't feel good. You couldn't say you were depressed. You couldn't say you had anxiety or, or something else. You'd be like, what's wrong with you? You're going to a therapist? And now, thank goodness, things have changed so much that people are like, yeah. And we know it can cause so many things uh, to our health as well. I want to talk a little bit about um, stress in general because stress comes in all kinds of forms, right? It can be just everyday stress. You know, I've got kids. I'm running from here to there. I've got a job. It can come in worrying. Mm-hmm. I worry a lot. I'm like a forward, like hypothetical thinker. And I got to like stop doing that. It can come in just stress that's trauma, right? Mm-hmm. These things that happen to us that are very unexpected and knowing how to handle it. I mean, you have a story recently that has just really encouraged me so much, you and your family. Like I said, she shares a lot on Instagram. You have to follow her. It's Revitalized Med on Instagram because um, your family was involved in a plane accident. And I can't imagine how hard that was. But going through that, tell me what you've learned from the practices that you've set in place from just being in functional medicine and handling stress. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk to me about that. How did that maybe help to prepare you a little bit? So, yeah, I thought I was really stressed before that. I mean, having delivering babies, having twins and all the things and running a practice and, you know, being a mm-hmm. mom and everything. Because <laughs> that's I, a lot. I thought that was stressful before. <laughs> and that's one thing I just want to piggyback on what you said is stress is it's like like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So is stress. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's stressful for me may be overwhelming for somebody else and what may be stressful for someone else, I might be like, you know, but it doesn't matter. It's your own perceived stress. So that's important to validate the person, like whatever there is stressful. So when people tell me, oh, you know, after hearing you were in the plane accident, I'm not stressed. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what my stress is, what your stress is. What matters is if you're stressed and how we're dealing with it. So I just want to put that out there. And so prior to the accident, I mean, I was, you know, last year was the year of the gut. Let's talk about the gut health and everything. And then this year I felt called to talk about stress and resilience even and even more so now. Yeah. Um, and so um, I was really kind of putting my practice into uh, meditation. And even if I'm sitting and meditating and thinking about my shopping list or my to-do list, I'm at least trying to sit 
and breathe and have my eyes closed and have quiet space. So I was mm-hmm. pretty good about that prior to the accident. And I had really started digging into the data on heart math, which is biofeedback. And it's a form of kind of meditation. And there's actually quite a bit of data. It's, you know, they, they did a study uh, for six to nine weeks on 11,000 people, and they had a 46% increase in depression, somewhere around 56 maybe, even more successful than SSRIs and antidepressants. Wow. Decrease in anxiety, increase in focus, increase in sleep just by this tool, which is just looking at your heart rate variability. So I was really digging into that research prior to the accident and very good about doing that every day because and explain what that is if people are so interested. heart rate variability is there's a little transducer that goes on your ear and is picking up your pulsations, okay? Mm-hmm. So think about when you were pregnant mm-hmm. and we monitored the baby. We mm-hmm. looked at the fetal heart rate variability and we were trained as obstetricians to determine if the baby was stressed or not. Well, this is adult heart rate variability. This is your heartbeat, your mm-hmm. heart rate variability, how it varies, and there are patterns that are with stress. So I can ask you, Sarah, are you stressed? And you can say yes or no. Or I could look at you and you might be kind of like shaking and mm-hmm. I can make my own objective saying, I think you're stressed. You're right. But you can't fake this heart rate variability, right? Mm-hmm. So we all have wearables. I have this aura ring that, that tracks my heart rate, my baseline heart rate, and also my heart rate variability. So I had just gotten that in April and was really looking into the data. So the transducer that you have plugs into a free app on your phone, mm-hmm. and you have to do it. You have to press play, and it gives you instant feedback. And it's very simple. It's red is bad, green is good, and blue is in between. And so whatever you have to do to get your body from the red to the green, whether it's deep breaths, whether it's thinking. I mean, even remember when if you ever had to pump and you were nursing, they said, yeah. think about your baby. And you thought yes. about your baby and you had a good warm feeling and then your milk let down. I mean, yeah. there's all those things What that mindset have physiological effects on your body. And this is one way. So I was really digging into that research about heart math and I was good. So I have twins that are seniors and then I'm going to be an empty nester. So it's a huge oh. year of transition for me. So I was already digging into this. This is life transition. I need to get a hold of my stress. Even before the accident, yeah. so when the accident happens, I go into fight or flight mode and crisis, and I've got to put out a lot of fires because my husband was seriously injured, and thankfully, by the grace of prayer and God, he's you know making a full recovery. But he was not able to to participate in that you know yeah. for for months, uh, and so. Um, uh, you know, so I think my body instantly went back to being in the OR and having to deliver a baby, right, right. in an instant. And so what I've learned from this, this stress is all those things that I did before really prepared me for that moment. The self-care practices that I had, I mean, prioritizing sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, somewhere along my life, I killed my sleep rhythm because of the nights that I worked. And right. then I just couldn't do it anymore. And that's why I stopped doing OB. That and, you know, missing out on kids stuff. So you have to prioritize sleep in any situation. So we all fall into those traps. And I know patients come in and say, my parent, my mom was sick and I just, everything went out the window. I didn't sleep. And I used to think, how could you do that? You know, I wasn't judgy, but I was a little judgy behind the scenes, right? Right, right. Until you have your own (laughs) trial and crisis. You know, and one thing I want to say, I had the, you know, JJ Virgin, so she wrote the Virgin Diet. Um, she's no, a I don't. she's a physical trainer. She's it's, yes, I do actually. Yes. Okay. So I um, through a mutual acquaintance, I was able to speak with her. Her son had a head injury, and she wrote a book called Warrior Mom. So it's a great read for any mom who's going through any trauma. It doesn't have to be a head injury with for her child, but just she has. She she I spoke with her. She told me you have to you know eat right. You have to exercise. Those are the things that she prioritized. So as soon as we got out of the ICU and on to rehab, there was a Whole Foods there. So I would pri- the, the food in the rehab hospital is terrible. So I yeah. never wanted to eat that. So I would make sure that I would go to Whole Foods and bring a lunch or plan around eating, make that a priority. And I would bring in f- healthy food for my husband and my daughter, you know, rather than the food that they were giving. Right? Yeah, because at the same time, your husband is in critical condition yeah, your so daughter he, was injured as well yeah so so initially they were an hour apart and so he was life flighted to another hospital and she was and she had to have immediate surgery for her back and so she i stayed with her because thankfully my husband's parents and his brother and he had four adults at his bedside and so i had to stay with my daughter obviously so you're in a situation that 
you know, we, we sometimes think about what if, but I'm sure you never in your mind ever went through a scenario like what if, you know, my family was involved in an accident and my husband's life flighted here and my daughter's accident, you know, here and she's in the hospital and, and how do I deal with it? I mean, you're a mom with a practice back at home, not mm-hmm. even to mention everything you have here. And how do I deal with that? I, I, you know, I like how you said, you know, I'm back in the OR and you just, you, you game you just, face on right. and you just do it. But the fact that you stayed so positive through it all. So, uh, yeah, I, you know. And I'm I, sure there were days where you weren't. So I'm not, you know, days, saying that. Right. It's hard. And there's definitely days. And I do, I do have to really be mindful and remind myself and be thankful. And, and, and when you have kind of a near-death experience, I mean, how can you not come out with gratitude for being alive right. and awe of, of God and joy, right? Right. And so then that phase, you know, when you're in the the bubble right. of, you know, of how hard it is in the trial. And right. to me, the worst thing that could ever happen to me is something to my kid, one of my kids. Oh, I feel the same the way. The worst thing. I mean, anything, do anything to me. Yeah. Give me any disease, yeah. whatever. I'm strong. I can, I can hack it. Yeah. But, but the, my kids. Your kids is just, that's a wor- it's the worst thing. So here was my worst case scenario I'm having, right? Yeah. And I was okay. And the way that Josie reacted made it so much easier. I mean, she, I know she was mirroring after me because I know she was looking to me. And the way that I deal with it, I'm not saying it's the healthiest way. It's kind of like, you know, Elsa from Frozen, conceal, don't feel, which <laughs> gets me through the trauma, but is not maybe, you know, so I, I'm, I jokingly say I'm going to have my breakdown in September after the twins go to school and everyone's <laughs> back to school because it helps in the crisis, right? right? And so I, but I am aware that, you know, you have to deal with the emotions and deal with everything. But Josie's way of looking to me, and I wanted to make sure, and JJ Virgin echoed this, there's no negativity in front of her, right? Mm. You know, right away, especially with spinal cord patients, they're told, this is the best you're going to get. You're never going to get better. This is your injury. You're given a classification, mm-hmm. and based on that classification, this is your outcome. Same with cancer, right? Right. If you have stage, you know, one, two, three, four, this is the success rate. This is the death rate and that's it there's no individualization and so that's what part of what functional medicine is all about and what drew me to that is that it's personalized medicine yeah so it's each person is individual and I feel like we really try to give people hope for whatever they're dealing with but I saw that with my own friend you know she was stage four and then they said here's your success rate here's your death rate and she just took that she gave up hope she gave up hope and so um, I was very determined not to have Josie, you know, have negativity or have that around her. And always, it, you, I feel like you always have hope in front of her. Yes. I feel like you always put hope in front of you and your patients. I, I try. I feel that's, I feel because without hope, you know, I think then what do you have? And, and I think that um, it's, it's hard. You really have to tell yourself. And, and, and I do allow myself to have little pity parties for myself, you know. Yeah. And, but they're fleeting, yeah. you know. And but that's. That's yes. human. That's natural. Yes. And so generally, um, I wake up every morning and I try to think, who can I help? You know, mm-hmm. and if I have to go through this experience to um, help somebody else, no matter what they're struggling with, and it doesn't have to be catastrophic like me and, you know, my daughter. And she says that, too. It doesn't have to be a catastrophic injury. And she's what she's tried to do is find purpose in this. And she's stayed positive And she's always been a go-getter. And she's she's always been kind of like a more mild, laid back person, not a lot of drama. She's very, very tough. And so she has just turned this around. And I feel like I'm not giving myself credit, but I'm just saying I do think the way I handled things and the way we handled things helped her, you know, because you have to be positive to her, you know. And so we had only positive messages for her, only encouragement, but without invalidating what she's going through, right? Right. Which is important because if she's having a bad day, I want her to be able to have a bad day. I'm glad you said that because, and again, and I love two things you said. That right there, because I, I go through my own health stuff, and again, not as bad as your situation, but I like that you brought up earlier, it's not a who's yes. worse. Thank you for saying that because sometimes I feel like, you know, dealing with mold and all kinds of this stuff, it's made me really sick. I'm a lot, I'm way, way better than I was, but I'm still dealing with a couple hiccups and I don't like to bring it up because I'm like, I'm not that sick anymore. But that too is good to talk about because you want everyone to be able to talk about what they're going through, whether they think it's 
you know, not that bad or not. And then going to what you just said there, not invalidating. I think you can get to a point where some, well, just think positive. Just yes. think positive. It's like, well, you're not hearing me. I am going through something right now. It's, I feel like it's hearing them. Because I have gotten some messages from friends that are like that, and, and I don't want to hear the positivity. It's going to be okay. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. So there is a time and place for that. Yeah. But also in some ways it can be invalidating. Yeah. And the thing that you have to remember, especially with your own health struggle, is, and this is what was pointed out to me during this, linear uh, recovery is not linear. Linear. It's not like, okay, once you get better, you keep going. It's setbacks. It's yes. ups. Oh. It's two steps forward, one step back. So you have to continue to remind yourself whether it is a spinal cord injury or whether it is mold or whether it is gut health. You know, I've struggled with gut health my whole life, you know, and so. Thank you for think, saying yes. that. And so, and I didn't know in medical school that when I was seeing traditional doctors and getting the scopes and everything that it was stress related. It's completely stress yeah. related for me. Yeah. And it's interesting because once I, I, I talked to a therapist and they were like, when you feel anxious, which I'm not an anxious person, where do you feel it? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, where do you feel it physically? I'm like, what do you mean physically? You know, yeah. it just seems Do you feel it in your head? Do you feel it in your chest? Do you feel it in your stomach? So now I ask my patients when they say they're anxious, where do you physically feel it? Yeah. Because to me, I never connected it with a physical feeling because yeah. it's interesting. Some people, when they get anxious, feel it in their head. Some people feel it in their chest. Some people feel it in our gut. And I'm always somebody, it's in my gut. Interesting. So it's so, so really interesting. So a lot of diseases are different, but they're, they're the same. And so whether it's mold or whether it's endometriosis or hormone issues or whatever your struggle is, there are a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. And it's, it's not, it's like switchbacks on a mountain, right? Yeah. It's not, you don't go straight up. That's not the easiest way to go up the mountain. Yeah. You have to go back and forth. And so you have to keep reminding yourself when you have any health issues same with Rosie. I mean, I mean, so we, we get a gain and then, you know, she probably looks at another spinal cord patient. Well, he's moving his toes now and he's doing this and mm-hmm. it's hard. And it's same, same thing for me. It's hard because you, then you, my side gig now is researching, you know, being in the spinal right. cord group and, and researching everything that we could do in my spare time, which I'm not, it's not my field at all. I know nothing about it. But, you know, it is hard and we play, we fall into, you kind of mentioned it, the comparison trap, right? Right. It's like, I have this and maybe I'm not as sick as somebody else who has this. Well, that does not matter. It's your own health journey. Yeah. And the one thing that we stand for in functional medicine besides hope is personalized care. Yes. Personalized medicine. And unfortunately, the health care that we have is sick care. Yeah. You have to get sick first and then you have to have a diagnosis to be able to have a treatment. Right. 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 You can't just be kind of like have symptoms and find out what the cause is. It's not health care. It's sick care. Yes. So, for example, if you're having symptoms, unless you exhibit enough to be called something, you're not going to get a treatment. And the treatment is based on what that is. Yeah. So a lot of the patients we see aren't sick, but they aren't well. Well, see, and so, that's how I, I ended up in functional mm-hmm. medicine through a rheumatologist. I've always had um, a marker for an autoimmune disease for a long time, and they were, but I didn't meet the criteria for anything. And she basically told me I was a ticking time bomb, but right. there's nothing we can do right now. So I was like, well, I'm not going to just sit here and be a How did that make you feel time, when you were uh, called a ticking right, time bomb? Right. Yeah. So we go back to the hope you're not like setting me off. I remember walking out of the rheumatologist's office thinking, well, I might as well just throw in the towel. Like, I just felt so awful. You're right. I mean, that feeling that we leave with is so important. Now, it, for me, it challenged me and it made me angry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go back there. I wanted to find someone who was like, well, we're going to figure out why you have that marker and why that's doing that. And that's how I ended up in functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's changed my life. But all those things you said are so, so good. I want to talk about something that I have been trying to do this year. So I pick a theme word every year. Have you heard people yes, doing I that? Have, yes. Okay. So my word was trust. Okay. My word is trust. And it's so funny. I picked that word and I told it on air. And the first call we get is someone saying, oh, my gosh, Sarah, why did you do that? Don't pick that word. There's, bad things are going to happen now. Then another person stops me in the hallway and was like, oh, you just wait. Picking that word. It's going to all come raining on you now. And I'm like, I started to get like panic. Like, mm. what? I just really wanted to dive into trusting God this year with mm-hmm. my life and learning. Because if there was anything I've learned 
like the greatest life lesson is that I don't, I don't know anything really. Yes. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And I, the more I dig, the more I learn like, wow, I'm just beginning to unravel all of this. So I got to trust. Mm-hmm. There's so much I have to trust about. And then I, I, I'm just like, I'm not going to have a negative mindset. I'm going to have a good mindset. I started this study with Lisa, Lisa Turkhurst called mm. Trustworthy that I'm doing right now. And I've really dove in and it's, it's really opened me up. Well, how do you feel about just trusting after all you've been through, even your practices and things like that? When I say the word trust, like what does that mean to you? So I'm a recovering control freak, right? (laughs) And so I, um, so what have I learned from this? So, you know, one of the worst, like I said, the worst thing is something to happen to your kid. And the second thing is someone to disrupt my schedule and my agenda, right? I'm come punctual. I never cancel patients. And so for me to have to just cancel office for two months is like terrible, right? Not to mention from one standpoint is like, if you don't see patients, how are you going to pay your rent and your staff? You right. know, we work in a service industry, so we don't just get money unless we do something. Right. So there's that level, but there's also like trying to be in, in – I'm a control freak. Right? Yeah. And so how so, did you trust? Like how did you or have – I mean, it's really the same thing as, you know, the hope in a lot of ways. Ha- yes. Having that hope in front of you and the trust that things were, you know, he's taking care of us. So when you, when you don't trust, it's because you have fear, right? And right. like you said about people like, oh, don't say that. And then you start, you fear. Yeah, I immediately started happen, fearing. Right? And so um, so trusting, there's, there's trusting in God and being thankful that he will work things all out for his good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the control freak in me says, well, his good may not be my good. You know, so there's that. But also just trusting that, you know, I, I'm a I'm a faithful daughter of God, and I don't think he wants us to be harmed. And so, and I think my whole family has been, and we've tried to help people and, you know, be in service, you know, service. And so I have to kind of think that, like, he doesn't want, he's not, you know, we don't have a God that's trying to, like, throw his lightning bolt down and and punish us, right? Right. So I have to think that. And, you know, the best thing is, like, when when your kids were little and they try to stick their finger in the socket. You're going to, you might even yell, don't do that. Right. Right. But you're saying that because you know, it's bad for them and they don't know. Right. Right. And so it's the same thing as like think opportunities in the past for me that have not waned out. I was devastated for whatever reason. And then something better came along. So this is obviously devastating, but I have to think that something great is going to come out of this. Yeah. And the other thing I just want to piggyback on with that fear of what people saying, oh, don't trust is I've really been digging into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Are you familiar with him? Okay. So there's actually a science that when you sit and you, you start having fear, you know, he's a big heart math person too. Mm-hmm. You have an energy that's vibrating like that. And so he's big into you have to manifest. And so whether that's your manifesting is, you know, a, a mindfulness or whether your manifesting is in prayer, you know, whatever religion you are, if you're manifesting and putting that intention out there that I am going to be positive, mm-hmm. right? And if you picture yourself being positive, you will be positive. First of yeah. all, your body is being positive. So he's big into that mindset. So yeah, especially, right, with you, you're gonna, you want to picture yourself not having stomach aches, feeling a lot of energy, yeah. and you're going to feel good. And if you keep telling yourself that pretty soon, your body will be like, oh, this is familiar to me, so I'm just going to do that. And the same goes with walking. I mean, yeah. there's people that you know, manifested that. So you got to yeah. look at a video of yourself. So I'm telling Josie, watch videos of yourself dancing yes. before and, and do that and concentrate on that. I was going to bring him up it, and I might be getting someone confused, but isn't he the one that healed his back yeah, injury? So he was in a triathlon and he was um, in the bike portion and a car hit him, I think like 60 miles an hour. It was, it was devastating. So he had um, several spinal fractures, like four levels. And I don't remember the details. I don't think he had a spinal cord injury, but I mean, he was going to have to go to surgery. He definitely had vertebral fractures and he somehow he was young. He was like in his twenties. Somehow he was already in tune with mindset at that point. And he just basically pictured himself healing. It sounds woo woo. It It really does. I know it does. But when you see him talk about it and the science behind it. He has a lot of science behind it. So, you know, that's on my bucket list to go to one of his conventions. 
Um, and I'd love to take Josie, but even just, you know, it's a little sciencey and it's a little quantum and you can't understand it. They talk about different realms and I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm a logical science mind. Right. So this whole thing is really hard for me to understand and it's a right. whole other language. But I do get that um, Michael Phelps visualized himself swimming all his races before. Yes. Right? And so when yes. he went and did his races, he had already done it in his mind. So I tell my son who's a swimmer did you swim your race today in your mind, you know, and yes. he kind of obliges. Yeah, I, I did mom. And who knows yeah. if he did or not, but I think I did that with running. You know, I like to run a lot of races. And so you have to, you have to visualize yourself. So then when, you know, in the 13th mile or whatever, when I want to quit, I'm already visualizing myself crossing the finish line right. and everything. So with any struggle, visualization, manifestation, you know, I think can have a physical effect on you. So having a positive mindset and telling yourself, you know, Josie's got little things written all over her mirrors. I will stand in front of this mirror. I will do this. And she's got little things that are reminding mm. her, you know, in her dorm room and everything. Yes. And so you have to make a conscious effort. It's hard, you know, oh, because yeah. fear and doubt comes in. And right? they come in strong. It comes in and that, that vibration in your body is a more familiar feeling than that positive, I'm going to do this. Because then almost at least the people in my generation, it feels like, confident, arrogant, it feels braggy, you know? You're right. I'm glad you brought that up because we're so much better at that now mm-hmm. because you were. You were looked at like, well, it's mm-hmm. kind of like into yourself or, yeah, you know, it's exactly. like, no, you do have to be there and kind of pump yourself up sometimes. Yeah. I heard this great joke uh, on a sermon. It was this guy who had like was really positive and he was outside and he threw, he said, I'm the best batter there is. So he threw the ball up and he swung and he missed. And he goes, I'm such a great batter. I'm, I'm just one of the top batters. He threw the ball up, and he swung, and he missed. And so the third time, he said, I am a home run hitter. I'm going to break the record. He threw the ball up, and he missed. And they said, wow, I'm an awesome pitcher. I just struck out the best batter ever. That's <laughs> so great. It's all about mindset, right? So, I, I mean, it's kind of a joke, that. but But it's that's true. so good. Yeah. But it's hard to do that because also I think that and my generation is frowned upon. Yeah, that is, is being overconfident, right? Yeah, and I think you know if it's something that is just—it's not like I'm better than you. Yeah, it's I'm I'm enough, and I'm good as I I am, right? And yeah. I can do this. Yeah, it's so funny. I tease my co-host Len a lot because he's very confident person, and I tease him because and it his it's not arrogant or anything like that. But he'll he'll see a commercial on TV or something, and he'll be like. Oh man, I could teach LeBron a few things or two about free throw shooting or just stuff like that. And he's one of the most positive, encouraging people I have ever met. So I, I just think there's so much truth to that. And I like how you mentioned, you know, all of that. But there has to be a point of that where you and your daughter, you kind of have each other too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have friends your church, mm-hmm. people like community mm-hmm. that have helped you, right? How important is community? So, you know, a community is super important. And we do go to a big church, and we've been going for 15 years. So we're pretty well plugged in there. But I will be honest, like the last couple of years when my kids got really busy, we used to lead a small group in our home for five years. Mm-hmm. Then life got busy. Yeah. And then we stopped doing that. We stopped leading and we stopped attending. So I even felt like part of this for me was us pulling away from that, being in the word with believers, with encouragement and community. Mm-hmm. Even in functional medicine, non-Christian sectors, it's all about social isolation, the power of community and how these group visits that they're having at Cleveland Clinic, they yeah. want us to have group visits. We've done some at Revitalize. And, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out the magic formula because we're totally willing to do that and set up to do that. But I I don't know how to get the right people in the buy-in. Um, but that power of community and functional medicine is also what's healing because today's society, when you can work at home or you're, you know, you can work, you're digital, you're on your screen, you're not connecting with people, mm-hmm. there's, some, there's more social isolation. And so the power of community is important. So prior to the accident, I, I felt a little removed from you know, I, we were just too busy. Yeah. We were working. We were running kids around. We were going to the, the only friends that I had were the, the other parents of show choir or swimming or whatever activity my kids were in. Yeah. You have to be intentional to be in these communities. I mean, we did attend church. We have the option of listening to the message online. So a lot of times we did that. So yeah. that's not good because you're not at the church. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, I felt a little disconnected. And that was part of my, okay, so when the kids, you know, are gone, we're going to dive deep into these things that you've kind of let go. And every mom goes through that, right? Yeah. Because you're in your trenches, whether the kids are little, you go through that, whether the kids are older, you're so busy and overwhelmed with, and if you add on working to that, even if you're staying at home with your kids, it's yeah. overwhelming with everything that you have to do. Yeah. You know? Oh, so yeah. So I think that, I think for me, our, we had this amazing outpouring of support from patients, from friends, from friends who I hadn't talked to in years, which was great, you know, because some of them, there was a, a natural drifting way. Some of them, it wasn't. So it was a little painful. And mm-hmm. so we, I've reconciled relationships, which I'm very thankful. Yeah. Um, so I think that power of community and knowing there's so many people praying for, for my family, people we don't even know, patients have messaged me. People have commented. People are paying, praying for Josie who've never even met her. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. And so we are not meant to be alone. We are meant to have community for whatever you are struggling with, whether it is a stressful job, whether it is, you know, a special needs child or whether it is a difficult parent or marriage or whatever it is. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to be together. Yeah. And so this kind of knocked me on the head literally saying you, you need to get back and into so, some of your connections. Sometimes it's harder for other people. Yeah. Like I, I I was just talking to Dr. Sweetnitch who was at your practice and we were like I, it's hard for me sometimes to get out there mm-hmm. and be. I'm kind of people think that's weird. We're like you're on the radio, you do all this stuff, you're an introvert. I'm like I'm a huge introvert. I am, and you I'm good I one would, on one, but I am introverted. You sh- you put me in a party. I'm like, mm, see, that's I don't want to go. That's <laughs> how I am, and people are shocked. Yeah. And I would maybe think if I didn't know any better, I would think the same thing of you because you have this amazing outgoing personality. Yeah, You're nope. so talkative, <laughs> but it is you don't think that, and it's I've really had to push myself to get out there more. But I'm so glad I did. You know, like even on social media, you know, reaching out. I've met so many people, including yourself. Because of connecting mm-hmm. through social media, through friends, through I think it's so important, and I'm so grateful for you and all that information. Mm, I you. want to end today with you know we've talked a lot about stress and resilience and how important that is, and some of the tools. What is what are three things that people can take with them on a daily basis to combat stress? Whatever that stress may be, what are what are three things that you do daily to kind of help you? So I think things that people don't recognize is there is a metabolic effect of stress on your body. Mm-hmm. So whether it is that the stress hormone cortisol is going up and now it's making you not use sugar efficiently, so people gain weight. Mm-hmm. People might lose weight initially in stress, but they're going to gain it because now your body doesn't know if you're running from a bear or you have a deadline. Mm-hmm. The whole effect is that you need sugar to be high so it can get to the muscles so it can be energy for you to run from mm-hmm. the bear. So if you're just meeting a deadline at work and that's your stress, having a high blood sugar is not good. Yeah. So that's how our body processes because the brain doesn't know what the insult is. So there is a metabolic effect of stress. So things that are really important are the basics. Mm-hmm. You've got to sleep because your yeah. body needs to restore it. Now, it becomes somewhat difficult when you can't sleep. If you lay down and your mind is racing or, you know, or now cortisol is keeping you up. Mm-hmm. So um, what I, I, I do notice that I sleep better if I exercise. And you can't exercise right before bed. You have to yeah. exercise in the morning. So yeah. exercise has been, for me, I always say hashtag running is my Prozac because that's <laughs> the only, that was the only social interaction I had in the last couple of years was my girls, the friends that I'm running because I was in the trenches of the show choir debate mm-hmm. and swim team stuff that I didn't get to do any girl stuff, right? So. Yeah. The basics of sleep and eating, putting healthy foods into your body because when you when your cortisol goes up, guess what your gut does? You don't need to digest your food if you're running from a bear. So then you're going to have impaired digestion and it's mm. going to have problems with your bacteria and your gut and it's going to have all kinds of other things. Again, you're not thinking that when yeah. you're stressed. You're grabbing what if, what what is easy, fast food, mm-hmm. processed food, carbs, carbs, carbs. Right. Right? Inflammatory foods. Right. So it's very hard. It's easier just to... And I'll be honest, like some of those days, there's times I didn't eat, which is not good, right? Right. Because I refused to eat fast food. Fast food. So I didn't eat, which is not good either, you know? So um, I think, you know, making sure that you have healthy food with you. So there's some planning with that. But I really try to wake up and get my morning uh, routine, whether it's exercise. I don't exercise every day because, again, it's you can exercise too much when you're in stress. Yeah. 
Um, I try to do meditation, and some days, like I said, I might just be listening and not paying attention and, and thinking about what I have to do. But I'm sitting, my eyes are closing, and I'm breathing. Mm-hmm. And also, you really ha- I have a gratitude journal, and you, and I'm not writing every day. You have to have that. You have to yeah. think because there's science behind that. There's statistics behind that. How yeah. having gratitude has helped things. So you have to think about those. So my you know three is you know for that's work for me is the gratitude is the meditation and then the basics the sleep the diet and the exercise and so some people let the exercise go the wayside Mm -hmm. and for what I was doing before the accident I'm certainly not exercising as much and I'm trying to listen to my body but I I'm not I'm I won't let it completely go because I know it's important yeah and it's sometimes the simple things I remember before all of this I used to put off like I'm sure it's not bad that's too simple well no it's those simple things that build the groundwork up for your, you know, a lot of different things. and Yeah, and one thing I'm trying to do that I'm not very good, I'm a doer. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this, but how long have I really sat and done nothing? Yeah. I need to do more of that. Yeah. I, someone said this the other day, how long has it been since you just sat in, in silence for a period of time? I don't think I've kids ever done do that. It. And I watch <laughs> my kids like, they can't even go two seconds without checking their phone. I know. It's even worse. You know, they I don't ba- know I barely do. can. I've I've started to try to do that. I have a sauna at home, and when I go in the sauna, I try to just sit in there and not listen to anything, not do anything, just have a period of silence, even if it's a few mm-hmm. minutes. That's good. It's really hard. Yeah. But well, we're just so thankful to have you with us today. Tell us uh, where your practice is located, how we can follow you on social media. So my practice is off of White Pond and 77 in Fairlawn, Revitalized Med. So we're 51 Park West. Uh, we're on Facebook at Revitalized Med. Website is revitalizedmed.com. And Instagram is Revitalized Med. We try to put a lot of content out there. Um, we do a lot of free events. You do. We, and yes. You're even your live Facebook. Yes. I just I'm, was on I'm your one the other day. trying to get better about that because we had a really great thing going. And then, of course, ceasing halt in July. So I'm trying to get back on the schedule. I always welcome anyone to tell me a topic they want to hear about, whether it's in a video or live or whatever, because to me, the topics that are interesting may not be what you want to hear about, yeah. and I might be too sciencey or whatever, and I and I have the tendency to do that. I'm a detailed person. so I love that you are I, like that. <laughs> and I do think I have a special gift of analogies, yes, explaining. You do. And, I, and so I, I have been gifted with that and so been teaching, you know, for so long. Yeah. But so anything anybody wants to hear about, and people have been messaging me about things and we try to help you know whoever uh, we can whether there's an they're in another state um, it, we, I have a directory that I can try to find a, a functional medicine provider for them or you know we always refer people to Cleveland Clinic functional medicine if depending on what they have because unfortunately you know we're not on all insurances so it, there's some pe- not everyone can work with us so we we try to figure out ways to help them whether it just be free events or free content and and motivating them to, you know, help themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much.